Blog Talk Radio. Another podcast of Real Take on Sports. I am the host, Will Walker. I call myself the greatest sports guru ever. Today I'm going to be joined by Antoine Smitty Smith on Smitty Sports Machine. He also has his own uh, podcast. First, let me go ahead and welcome Antoine. What's going on today, man? Um, did you get your podcast right? Everything is good with you? Yeah, man. What's going on? Man, ain't much, man. You know, going to try to tackle this episode uh, again. Uh, this is part two. I labeled this fake fan part two. Last week, uh, last episode I did, the fake fan. Uh, basically, let me set this up for you. What happened was Miami played Boston College um, on Friday night before the previous one, and I just went in on the Hurricanes and the way they were performing. And, you know, I was on social media at the time, and someone just labeled me a fake fan for criticizing the team that I root for. So, um, that's what led to that episode, uh, that podcast episode, last uh, last episode being labeled fake fan. So I want to go ahead right. and right away get your opinion, but first go ahead and give uh, your information so people can know how to follow you, your blog, and also your podcast. Hey, man, I'm all around social media, man. I'm on uh, the Anchor app, which I just started, uh, Smitty Sports Machine. Uh, you can follow me on that on Spotify and on iTunes. Uh, you can follow my blog at uh, openfieldreport.com, .blogspot.com, I'm sorry, and atlsportsblog.blogspot.com, which I talk Atlanta sports. But um, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought up this topic, man, because uh, a lot of fans, they get it misscrewed uh, about bloggers and writers like myself. I have to deal with the same thing. And to me, they don't really know what a fake fan is. They have to understand as an analyst, as researching and looking at this stuff, you have to be real about your team sometimes, and they don't understand that. And I had to bring the same point that you did about, you know, just going off and, you know, telling people about themselves. Because they see you with another jersey doesn't mean you're a fan. You know, you're not a fan, I'm sorry. Uh, just because you give a straight point about your team not performing well, about certain players not performing well. It's just what we see as analysts and uh, researchers of the game. And if they don't understand that, then they're going to always have a problem with people like me and you. And at times I don't appreciate it because they don't know us personally. They just know us by what we write or what we say. So um, that's my quick take on the thing. But, you know, I just, you know, wanted to chime in and get with you on this subject because I know how it can be. It, it was very disturbing to me. Um, but, hey, social media means nothing to me, actually. I just go right, on there. It right. uh, gives me the opportunity to chat with other fans, um, other Dolphins and the Hurricanes, and the Miami Heat, those are the teams that I root for. So I just use it as that platform. And some, in that, that particular instance, I've heard that before. You're not a real fan if you don't support the team when they're losing or you're only a, right. a fake fan if you only support the team when they're winning. That's garbage. But, anyway, um, I hear you, man. Um, no, I don't know none of these people personally. They don't know me personally. The only thing they know is about what they see posted on social media. So it really, it kind of just disturbed me just a little bit. I was like, dang, Frank, man, I've been a Miami Hurricanes fan all my life. I was with this team when they were five right. and six. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Or, 
whatever situation. I'm with them this year, and they're five and four. They only three games losing three guys are losing yesterday to Duke. But you know, I'm going to criticize them. I'm I'm going to criticize Mark Rick for his lack of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, innovative play calling or having any type of imagination. Um, Creativity, right, right. Creative, but but he is lacking really. Um, quality on his offensive side, and the and the two most important no positions on offense is the off, offensive line and quarterback. He just doesn't have it there. So that's what's really um, hindering the Canes this season. They have they're having a total reversal for what happened last year. Last year they caught all the breaks. This year they're not getting any. They're not getting many breaks. So right. and then you got a kid that you know he's trying to he's trying to break in a freshman quarterback. He thinks has a better upside, but this kid can't read defenses to save his life. That's not a knock on the kid. I don't know him personally, but if I know it and the analysts are saying it, everybody got a kid. Even the other team knows it. So that is what right. it is. But going, let me let me get in about what your team. Um, I'm assuming you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan since you do Atlanta. Oh, Sports. no doubt about it. No but doubt. Your Bulldogs in two weeks, uh, two consecutive weeks, have taken care of two. I guess you could say challenges for the East uh, SEC East, but they propelled over both teams. They're on their way. Um, to play in Atlanta for the SEC championship. What is your thought right. about a possibility of Georgia upsetting Alabama? Um, well, I'm going to just be honest with you. Uh, Kirby Smart has to not do what he did last year. Uh, everyone's seen it. I've seen it. Uh, I Like we just talked about, I put it on social media, people got mad. But the second half of that game, Nick Saban adjusted. Kirby Smart didn't. That was the difference in the game. And the last play of the game where they scored a touchdown, um, I've seen it sitting on my couch at home. I said he's going to throw it over to safety because on fourth down and you what, at the 40-yard line, what else can you do? You have to aim for exactly. the end zone. So exactly. this time around, he has to have a 60-minute mentality, meaning he has to outthink saving all four quarters. If he can do that, he can win. He definitely has the talent, you know, on his team. Now, true enough, they lost a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but they still have a good enough team to compete. If they play the way they played against LSU, it'll be over by halftime. I'm going to just be honest Uh about it. Uh, And the Uh play calling, you know, in the LSU game was god-awful on both sides. So to beat Alabama this time, he has to outthink Saban all four quarters, he has to run the ball, try to wear them down, and throw in a little play action. Because uh, if people haven't noticed, Alabama's weakness is on defense with their linebackers. They have run stoppers they can't cover. And if Georgia can use their uh, tight end and use the seam, you know, throw up the seams, I think they have a great chance of winning that game. But if he can't become more creative than he's been in the past, it's just going to be another long Saturday night. I'm trying to tell you. Um, that, uh, uh, that was a four-letter network, I call it, um, ESPN. They just broke <laughs> through with an alert uh, letting me know that the Miami Dolphins, uh, Kenny Seals, the wide receiver, is going to be out at the time of this podcast. That broke through. Uh, Kenny Seals will not play for the Dolphins versus the Jets today. I'm surprised they ain't going to play that game, given maybe the field conditions are not ideal because – Basically, Miami and Duke played in that game last night. The rainfall hit. Um, it, was, right. it was horrendous. It left water puddles everywhere, poor drainage um, on the mm-hmm. field. 
and it's basically the field is a mess. So Kenny Stills is not active today uh, with the Dolphins at the Jets. That was what that breaking alert was. But going back to Georgia and Alabama, real quick, Bama just really did what I thought they would do to LSU. I know LSU doesn't have enough offense. They've had a very good season, and considering the fact nobody thought they would do anything going into this season, including myself. Yeah. So the Hurricanes were the first game of the year. But, they, yeah, they didn't. But LSU, um, again, they've had the problem they've always had. I guess you could say over the last last decade, the reason why Les Miles was let go because they said he had no ingenuity on offense, no no creativity, right. as you know, as we said about Mark Rick with the Hurricanes. But they've always had an outstanding defense, and their defense did the best they could to hang into that hang in that game with Bama. But when your offense is limited and they're they're getting off the field in three and outs, it's very rare. There's no defense. I don't care if it's the Bill Curtin, the No Name Dolphins. Um, the, the 2000 right. Baltimore, but I don't care what defense it is. No defense can pitch a shutout playing over 70 plus plays on a defense on the field. It just can't happen. You got to have incredible depth on your defensive side of the ball for your team to, you know, be able to pitch a basically a shutout against an offensive juggernaut, which is what is Alabama since Tua became their starter. But going between, uh, going with the SEC championship real quick between Alabama and Georgia. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Georgia had to play 60 minutes. They played 30 minutes last year in the national title game. They would have to play 60 minutes this year. They will. I don't know how much of a home field advantage it would be because, you know, Bama's going to show up half of that stadium. Georgia's going to have half that stadium. But I think that Georgia will be on will be on that, you know, hey, we got to get revenge and things like that, although it's a turf, totally different team. But everything's going to come down to Trump. It's going to come down to him because you know Bama's going to try to take away the run. So it's going to come down to Fromm and Hardman and all those receivers, Ridley. Um, it's going to come down to that. And then can Georgia's defense do enough to slow down Bama? That is what it's going to come down to, in my opinion. And and see, and the key to also, and I agree totally with what you're saying, uh, Georgia's pass rush has not, you know, played well like it's had in the past. And it's becoming a, a glaring issue. Now, if they can't get pressure on Tua, it's going to be a long night because that guy, uh, the only way that you can really beat Alabama is, like I said, you know, on defense is with the linebackers. But on offense, Tua is the key to the whole offense. He can beat you with his legs. He can beat you with his arm. And for a left-handed sure quarterback, can. he can read a defense very well. So that's what sure I meant can. by uh, Joy's going to have to get creative with the blitz. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, disguise a lot of their schemes because if they don't, he's going to pick them apart. And if that that guy is there for the next two to three years, I could see them running, you know, off that many titles in a row just because of him alone. That's going to be scary. But that's why I like to do something um, on this podcast. I call it Simply the Best. So let me just do that real quickly. No problem. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give a simply the best performance to Will Greer from West Virginia. That late touchdown pass that he threw, that was an absolute beauty. I'm telling you, make that game 41-40 then. West Virginia goes for two. Gets the two-point conversion as Will Greer keeps it himself, goes to the corner of the end zone right in front of the pipe, right by the pipeline. Gets in. West Virginia pulls the upset on the road over Texas, 42-41. Will Greer, was three, he had 346 yards and three touchdowns. Will Greer will come in second for the Heisman Trophy. Tour's already got it. I just want to just try to tell y'all. That's just how that is. 
Tua's already got it because Alabama's the best team. But I'm trying to tell you, West Virginia's Will Greer is having a special season, but he will not win the Heisman Trophy. I also want to give it a turn to the NBA and give it to Victor Oladipo for the Indiana Pacers. His game winning three pointer with 3.4 seconds left on the clock. Clinched the win for the Pacers, who are now 73 over, the, I guess you could say, the front running in the East, the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are going to, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sorry, but the Indiana Pacers are going to be an, a, pes, a pesky out in the playoffs if they stay healthy with Tyreek Evans, Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, Turner, um, Darren Collison, and I think they got the Joseph Kidd also at backup point guard. That is going to be a pesky team to get out. I don't think they'll get to the NBA Finals or anything like that, but they're going to be a tough out. So, so are the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just trying to tell you. But anyway, that, those are my two simply the best performers. Alright, Antoine turning real quickly. Um, we got some huge NFL games going on um today. Um right. everybody knows about the prime time matchups or the late game matchup between the Pack and the Patriots um tonight. Um and then we got the Rams and Saints with the four o'clock game. I think everybody and their mama wanna see that game to see whether can the Rams stay undefeated going against Drew Brees and the Hot Saints. What is your take on that game real quick, sir? Uh, actually, that's my game of the year. I don't even care what game is played after this game this year, but that is my game mm-hmm. of the year. Watch uh, a veteran like Drew Brees go up against a young stud like uh, Jerry Goff, uh, a double dual threat in New Orleans and Kamara and Ingram and Gurley on the other side. I think it's going to be a shootout. But the key to the game will be which defense can slow the other offense down. And I think the Rams will be able to do that with Aaron Dunn and, and Dominican Sue in the middle because they'll be able to, you know, plug plug up the run if they need to. Uh, they can defend, you know, I'm sorry, the Rams can defend the short pass a little bit better than the Warriors can. So I think the Rams' defense will probably be the key to winning this game for them. Uh, I still don't trust New Orleans' defense, even though they played well in Minnesota, because we all know that they can collapse at any time. So I think uh, the Rams, you know, have the advantage slightly. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Rams in this game. Okay, I'm going to have to go opposite of you just because New Orleans is playing at home. I watched them play the Vikings last week. They played a very strong defensive game, but you are right. Their defense is inconsistent, but they still have Drew Brees at quarterback. Um, I like the kid, Kamora, out of the backfield. I think the Rams are also suspect on defense, although they did make a right. big trade to add to their defensive quality. I forgot who they picked up. Um, remind me, who was it? They picked up someone. Dante Fowler Jr. Day. from Jacksonville. Yes. That Dante is Fowler, yes. He, yeah, he right. is a great – he's great off the edge. He, I don't know why Jacksonville gave up on him. Um, I don't. I didn't understand that, although I understood the Carlos Hyde move because of the uncertainty with Leonard Fournette as far as Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars. But Dante Fowler Jr., I, I didn't understand that. But anyway, the Rams, again, they have they have so many stars. I mean, you mentioned the Dante right. and Aaron, Aaron Donald, and then they still got uh, Peters, and I don't know when Tlaib will be back. I'm not sure um, about his health status. But they are a solid group. I just like the Saints at home. I think this will be a tough game for the Rams. I don't see the Rams going undefeated, although I will say that I still think they will make the Super Bowl. I represent the NFC but I have them taking an L today. I just don't think they're wow. going to do it, but I would not be surprised if they do. Let me turn to a team real quickly, the the home team Falcons at the Redskins. The Redskins are leading the NFC East. Uh, you know, Aaron Smith is, um, he, I mean, uh, quarterback Smith, is, is 
Alex Smith, he's he's just Alex Smith. He's gonna be he's just a check down as they call him, but hey, he's got this team playing well and the younger Gruden is doing much better than the older Gruden. But anyway, the Redskins yeah, they're five and two, but I'm not sold on them. I still think they get by the Falcons today, but what is your take on that ball game? Um, I actually have us losing this game also. But I will tell you this. Uh, the Redskins, you say you don't buy them, but I do. Uh, they have the perfect mix of veterans and the perfect mix of young young talent. Uh, the addition of Ha-Ha Clinton Dix solidified their secondary. They have Fuller on the outside, Swerbergen right next to uh, Clinton Dix. Uh, and that front seven, if you haven't been watching, uh, they've been playing the best football in the NFL the last five weeks. So their defense is solidified. The only question is how long will Adrian Peterson hold up? Uh, he's 33 years old. Alex Smith, he's getting up in age also. How long will their veteran be able to hold up that team is the question. So if the veterans can hold the team up, hey, I don't see why they can't, you know, make a strong run in the playoffs. Today, I, I think, think the key I... will be for the Falcons is stopping Adrian Peterson. But if they can't, it's going to be a long day because it will wear their defense down. And they're already short on on the depth chart. So it will be very tough. I, the Falcons, to me, are the enigma or the, the mystery of the season so far. Um, them and the Vikings, really. I guess you can throw those two teams in. Uh, the Falcons have trouble right. stopping anybody. I mean, they let, they let James Winston look great. You know what I'm saying? So right. they just have a problem on defense. You are right. The Redskins are going to put loads of pressure on Matt Ryan today. Let's see if he gets the time to be able to find Sanu or find Julio Jones or find Ridley. So we will find out if he can. If they get the, if he, they provide time for him, Matt Ryan has shown he will deliver, you know, an accurate throw. But if he is running for his life and he is under pressure, he doesn't like to get hit. And you know that. <laughs> he's not. He's going to be yep. very inaccurate. But I, I like the Reds. I'm going to take the Redskins, but I'm not really I'm not 100% behind that pick. I looking at the game between the Pack and the and the Patriots tonight. Uh, the Patriots and before I get in that, the Boston Red Sox again won the World Series. That area of Boston is just unbelievable with the titles they have had this since the turn of this century. This will be, I think, the third or the fourth title, the fourth title for the Boston Red Sox. The Patriots have five, right. and then the Celtics won in between there and the Bruins. So hey, the area of Boston is really championship city right now. But anyway. The Patriots going against the Packers, Rodgers against Brady. It's been the big promo. They even got Michael Jordan to add in on that. Listen, the Packers are Aaron Rodgers. Maybe have to get rid of how high kids quitting dicks. But anyway, they are right. they are Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. The Patriots are a little bit more of a, I guess you could say, a, a more of a full or whole football team. I think the Patriots are going to wipe the floor of the Packers tonight. I don't think this is going to be close. Uh, the Patriots are a better team. I'm going to the Patriots at home. Your thoughts, sir? Uh, I'm actually going to go opposite of what you're saying. Um, okay. If you haven't noticed, the Patriots are playing worse at home than they are on the road. And with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers with the ball in his hands, I don't care what kind of defense he has on the other side. If they give him time, he's going to pick them apart. And to be honest with you, I like the Packers receivers better than I do the Patriots receivers, which is what I think would be the difference in the game. Uh, Brady hasn't looked like Brady He has seven interceptions already So uh, he's been making a lot more mistakes And that age is kicking in finally And I think uh, tonight I think Aaron Rodgers takes advantage of that So I would take the power on that one 
He should have won last week at the Rams if that boy would have stayed his butt in the right. zone. He came out in his own form with the ball, and then they 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 just went on ahead and just traded him because they felt like, you know, hey, that was just a guy being selfish. I mean, of course, all the reports that was made, you know, the team wasn't happy with that he came out of the end zone. But I agree to Cobb and um, the other guys that they have at wide receiver. The Packers are solid at wide receiver. But we will see Josh Gordon is on is playing for the Patriots now. And the Patriots have a way of doing these rec- reclamation projects with guys who have problems in other places, but they still have talent or still talented. Right. And they could, uh, and the Patriots have a way of getting the most out of whoever puts on that Patriot uniform and that helmet. So I just like the Patriots tonight. All right, sir, real quickly turning over to the National Basketball Association. The Miami Heat lost last night in Atlanta. Um, I'm going to say this right now about the Atlanta Hawks. Um, with Baysmore, Prince, and the rookie, uh, Trey Young, they are an interesting team. Do I think they are a playoff caliber team? Eh. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to let the season play out a little more. But Trey Young seems to be the real deal so far. What is your thoughts about right. Trey Young with the Atlanta Hawks? Um, I was kind of suspect of the pick at first, but I understood why they took him. Uh, he can play on both sides of the court. He has great great court vision, which is something they haven't had in a while from their point guard. Um, he can shoot. Everybody knows he can score. He surprised me as being a leader on the floor, being as young as he is. I think he's only like 21 years old, 22. Uh, his uh-huh. court leadership has really surprised me. And if they can get, you know, the right swing man to go along with him, I think it will be a great building block for that team. And I also love the addition of Vince Carter. A lot of people scratching their head, but he can be a coach to the young players on the floor and on the bench, in the locker room also. So don't be surprised if he's a coach here once he retires because I think that is what he's rolling into. And that young team, man, they have heart. Some I haven't seen from a Hawks team in a while. Even the team that had 60 wins didn't have as much heart as uh, this team that that is on the floor right now. That Atlanta team, like I said, they're, they they well, I watched that game last night. I actually was supposed to go to that game, but you know, a Miami, a Miami Atlanta game is just not that appeasing to me, so I didn't want to waste my time with that traffic. But but anyway, um, yeah, you know, but but the uh, the Hawks are an interesting team. Like I said, I'm not going to go so far as to say they are a playoff caliber team. I think the East is really Boston, Toronto, top, um, and then you got a couple of teams that are should be there, maybe there. They're going to be interesting between the 76ers, uh, the Bucks, the Pistons. The Pacers and those type of teams. Then you got those teams like Miami, Atlanta, and Washington. Although they're also horrible start, are those teams that are just going to be probably seven and eight seeds, but they're just going to fight to get in the playoffs. But right. when you go to Atlanta right. Hawks, um, hey, we'll see. The one thing I've heard about the NBA is you can do whatever you want pretty much in November and December. But when these guys start to turn the clock around towards it, it gets towards the end of the season as the turn of the turn of the year happens, it gets tougher on rookies. So we're going to see, and he's so slight of frame um, for the, the physical contact of the NBA. We'll see how he holds up. But I like the kid. He can dance. He can so shoot the ball. I can give him that. I mean, he was making oh, yeah. like 30-foot bombs last night. I mean, it's crazy. He can shoot the ball. Is he Steph Curry, in your opinion? What is your, what is your thought of that comparison with him and Steph Curry? Um, I don't agree with the comparison, but I see, you know, the similarities. Now, if he grows his game and can become a leader like Steph Curry, 
No doubt he he has that type of ability. But the thing with it, you have to put in the work before you can compare yourself to anybody. That's just like LeBron exactly. and Jordan early on. Uh, I didn't uh-huh. ever agree with that, you know, comparison simply because two different type players. Jordan had that killer exactly. instinct. Jordan was a Jordan was a scorer. Uh, LeBron uh-huh. can have that killer instinct at times, but he's an all around player. Yes, he can score uh-huh. fifty points probably when he wants to, but that's just not his game. So if that their game is you know totally different, you know you can't compare them. So Jordan was that era, LeBron is this era. Who's next? Who knows? So I'll never, you know, agree with that comparison. Now, one comparison from him to the old school, yeah, I would put mm-hmm. Magic Johnson simply because size, you know, same uh, characteristics of being an all-around player. Uh, Magic Johnson is closer to LeBron than LeBron to Jordan or Kobe. So, I you know, you got this. So, hey, it's, it's, I, <laughs> whew, I had to deal with that one too. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, real quick before we close the show, let me get your opinion about Matty Johnson calling out Lou Walton. Um, I'm gonna let you go first, and I'll then I'll go ahead and then I'll close the show. Go ahead. What do you think about Matty no. um, calling out Luke Walton? Oh, I I don't have a problem with it. Uh, simply because uh, I think that's too much talent, and too many egos for him to handle. Uh, I got to arguing on social media about this the other day to be <laughs> funny because uh, we're talking about it. Um, I think. Uh, they need a coach, and to be honest, I think Mike Brown would be a perfect fit because uh, he's a defensive coach. Uh, he can get the best out of LeBron. He can handle egos, which he has before. So I would pick Mike Brown, you know, to be the coach. Now, as far as Luke Walton, he never had to, had to handle as many egos, uh, superstar talent such as LeBron. Uh, he was in Golden State, true enough, and he took over with Kerr, but that team had better chemistry than, than this team does right now. This team has no chemistry. They're still trying to find itself, and he's going to have to find a way, you know, to make them all pick it up at the same time. If he doesn't, he's gone. So you can't compare Let Luke Walton to Golden State than, you know, the Lakers uh, right now. Let me ask you about Mike Brown real quick. Mike Brown was the coach of the Lakers at one point. Now he's on the bench of the Golden State Warriors. But can right. Mike Brown handle um, JaVale McGee? Um, Lance Stevenson, Ray John Rondo, those type of guys, and the young guys, Cal Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lowball, and, of course, um, the former number six, as I call him, LeBron James. Can Mike Brown handle those type of egos, in your opinion? You mentioned him, but do you really think he can handle those type of egos? I think he can because he's coached a lot of them. So he knows, you know, he knows how to get to them. Uh, if you can, you know, get into their psyche and, and you know how they think and you can put it together, I think he'll be fine. And on top of that, he knows how to slow down Golden State's offense. So if you can slow down the other team that you coach, I mean, that gives you a great chance to compete. That's wrong with that. All right, that's the music. I'm going to close the show. Let me get my thoughts real quickly on on Magic calling out Luke Luke Walton. I'm going to totally disagree with Antoine. I think that was bogus. Um, This team is not that talented. (laughs) It just really isn't. They're not that talented. Um... LeBron, listen, we all know he didn't go to L.A. for basketball reasons. We got it because if he went to – if he left Cleveland for basketball reasons, he may have joined the Houston Rockets, but he didn't. He joined the L.A. Lakers. Oh, it is what it is. They lost again last night to uh, the Portland Trail Blazers. 
Listen, the Lakers are going to be the enigma of the NBA. People are going to want LeBron to be so well in L.A., so bad, but he's not. That team is just not good. You've got headaches on that team like JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson. They are dogs for players. I mean, they are very competitive, but they're just not talented. They're not defense. They're not difference makers. And Brandon Ingram, he showed he's still immature. He came down the court to try to sucker punch somebody, and then Kyle Kuzma really is the best of the young players that they have. You know what I'm saying? So this is a team that, that the Lakers are the Lakers. I don't see them really getting out of the first round of the playoffs if they make the playoffs. So the West is so deep. Uh, we know about Golden State, but San Antonio, and as, as you saw, Portland is decent. Minnesota, if they can ever get their act together, they are a solid team. So we will find out um, as the season plays along really what the Lakers have. But I want to thank you, Antoine, so much for taking the time to join me this morning and, and on the recording of this podcast. My friend, thank you. Anytime no we get together again, let me know, and I appreciate it. Um, I want to thank all my loyal listeners for listening to the show and downloading the, the podcast. Listen, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WWS underscore sports show. And also, I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. I am all over the place giving you an opportunity to listen to this show. Thank you guys for listening to my opinion. These are strictly my opinions about sports. Anything that is brought up on this show is not that of the um, host. I mean, excuse me, not that of the um, the site that hopes everybody say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holler.